absolutely intercultural. Absolutely intercultural. Absolutely intercultural. Absolutely intercultural. Welcome to Absolutely Intercultural, show number 292 on World Futures Day, exactly as I predicted in the last show. My name's Anne Fox, and this show is coming to you from Denmark. But when you're online, does it matter where I am? In this show, we'll be looking at some of the issues that can happen in online courses. Yes, believe it or not, online learning existed long before the COVID-19 pandemic. And for this show, I decided to ask some of my colleagues at Nile, the Norwich Institute for Language Education in Norwich, Britain, about some of the things that can happen when you're teaching online. We'll hear from Robert about a joke gone wrong. And so I was like, OK, this is probably going to escalate. And- and in, in, indeed it did. I had her emailing me privately saying, this is totally outrageous. This is misogynistic. This is typical of their culture. This cannot be accepted. You need to do something. From Eva about how to organize a mixed gender group so that the genders are never mixed. And I had to be much more careful about like creating groups for breakout rooms just to make sure that I don't have mixed groups and breakout rooms or that I had to ask them if they were all right working with a male participant or not. So I had to be always thinking behind it. And And what happened in Neil's Zoom session that so upset the rest of the group? And so she went and we actually had to stop for about five minutes because two or three of the other participants were visibly upset. So let's start with Eva and go absolutely separate well i think that for example the biggest challenge in a single culture group was that it was quite a big group from an arabic country and it was a mixed group so there were men and women and for example the ladies would never turn their cameras on during live sessions and actually they would hardly speak if there were men present in the session so sometimes it was quite difficult to predict what kind of interaction I would have and and I had to be much more careful about like creating groups for breakout rooms just to make sure that I don't have mixed groups in breakout rooms or that I had to ask them if they were all right working with a male participant or not so I had to be always thinking behind it and difficult that you know like for example we had to group the students and I ended up having a group of three while one person just had to work by himself because the ladies didn't want to work with him (laughs) or well just would find it strange to work on a project with him and like coordinate details of the project with him and that other persons dropped out of the of the course so 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 the dropouts because of that no, no, not not because of that, but there was another male student and but he disappeared during mm-hmm. uh I, I think halfway through the course. So then this poor um man was not left alone 
because the lady didn't want to work with him. So, yeah. it, you know, I couldn't really mix him up with anyone else. And uh, I, I think that the cooperative learning is really, uh, really important. So unfortunately, yeah. he couldn't take advantage of, like, you know, working closely with somebody else. Would they work together in mixed groups asynchronously? Well, sometimes they could work asynchronously. Some like in in one course they had a like project in which they had to contact each other like outside the live session time. Mm -hmm. So this was the problem, like the fact that they were contacting each other yeah. probably outside the live session times. Did this catch you by surprise or were you able to make a little bit of pre-planning no we were we were kind of warned that this might happen and that we need to check with the participants if they're all right working with the opposite sex mem mm. members or or not so so i did get warning about it but i i just didn't think it was a problem because i had a nicely mixed group i think it was a group of, well there were two men in the group so it was it was fine i thought they can work together but one yeah. of them disappeared and this changes the dynamics as well i saw that the male participants tended to comment more on their male colleagues posts and the same for the female participants but on the other hand it might not necessarily be the issue of gender division it might be more because they would all teach in single-sex schools so mm -hmm. for the male teachers the situations they were talking about were just more natural they were their context so it might have been just context related yeah. and nothing yeah. to do with i'm not reading a male participants post or i'm not reading a female participant do you feel that the female participants got as good an experience as the male participants in the end yeah, I, I think so. And they did learn from each other as well. And I mean, everybody seems to be happy with the outcomes of the, mm -hmm. of the course and with, the, with their learning. I think that this was just something for me to be aware of. And yeah. I don't really feel that it's my place, especially in a relatively short-term online course, to, to mix things up and making them work with somebody they don't feel comfortable with. No. I, I think they, they all had a good good time. And I think that they did get access to some ideas of what it looks like in all boys schools or all girls schools, but they didn't necessarily comment on them or read mm. the posts. Yes, of course, because yeah. all the posts would have been open for everybody to read. So yeah. Even if they yeah. didn't respond to them, they would have seen them. In our next segment, we'll be talking to Robert about something that he experienced when he was facilitating a very diverse group from around the world. Is it absolutely funny? One of those incidents that I remember the, the most is we were working on an online course with a teacher training online course, and there were people from different countries. And it was very interesting because although we had established like netiquette norms at the beginning and trying to raise awareness of what people may or may not say or may not want to say in an online environment where there are no paralinguistic features 
And so you can see the nuances of someone being nice and may, could be easily be misinterpreted. Well, that happened between a male and a female participant. The male participant said, made a joke. What, well, I think that that's what we understood initially that was trying to be humorous. And it was actually, I don't know, I, I thought I would never say that in an online forum. So when I realized what, what he had said, that the female participant from a very different culture had already said that was not funny. And so I was like, okay, this is probably going to escalate. And, and in, in, indeed it did. I had her emailing me privately saying, this is totally outrageous. This is misogynistic. This is typical of their culture. This cannot be accepted. You need to do something. So it was very, it was a very intense situation because I think there were extremes on both sides, right? When I read it initially, I was like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that. Or I would have, if I, you know, had the urge to be funny online, I would have given a very clear context thinking that without it, it could be misinterpreted as it was. And so it, it was, you know, I had to contact the person, the other person, the, 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 the male participant who had said that, um, explain the reason behind it, how the lack of context would put him across as a misogynistic chauvinist person, basically, which was not nice under any circumstances, and how the reaction of the female participant was to an extent expected. So, you know, we talked about what could be done. So I, my first reaction was, okay, let's, let's, let me handle this. Let's all take a step back. Let's read it carefully. Let's think about the netiquette and rules and what we've discussed about netiquette in the we discussed about it in the first week and then I'll, I'll you know I'll make a statement I mean in the end it was okay but clearly this the female participant asked me not to be in any kind of work with this other person with the male participant and I, I mean I understand I mean it's maybe a little bit extremist as an approach and a reaction because I think that we all deserve second chances and I think that part of that intercultural awareness is is understanding is being able to put ourselves in the shoes of the other person and then say okay wait a minute yes this is this seems wrong but let, there there might be a reason behind it maybe because we come from different cultures it might be that for them it is not uh, offensive so I think that more than taking picking up a fight I think it's a good opportunity to learn about uh, why that person said that. I don't know. What do you think? So a few things. Had he broken the rules as established by the group? That's the first thing. I don't think so. I, I think he was trying to be fun and okay. funny. Yeah, I think he was trying to be funny. And the thing is that, as we know, humor in online settings that asynchronous online settings is very difficult to handle because Humor requires so much, you know, like a face, a body movement, intonation, you know, how we handle those nuances is what makes it funny. And in an online written form, I think it's, it's very difficult to really crack a joke that will, you know, not offend everyone. 
and you need to be very careful also with the type of language you use, especially when you have such a diverse range of cultures within the group. So second thing, did you at any point in during this incident consider deleting the offending text? Definitely. I mean, in the end, I mean, what I tried to do was I, I tried to mine it as an opportunity for learning for everyone to, to be more aware and say, well, this has happened. It's unfortunate, but this is an excellent example of what we need to be careful of because we may not have a, any bad intentions behind our words. But we need to be aware of the fact that what we write and the specific words we choose can have a very big impact on the reader. And I think that that was a very good learning experience, learning opportunity for everyone. In the end, I deleted that specific post, but not the conversation that came after that. Yeah. So with the consent of the of of the candidate as well. Of the, of the other of the participant I said listen I'm, I think we should probably delete it the conversation is great but we should probably delete that and he said yes sure of course he realized that you know it, it 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 was not it was interpreted in the in a different way he intended uh but I understood because I had lived in that country mm-hmm. uh, I and worked in that country I understood that it reflected a little bit the the, the culture I don't want to say chauvinist because it's not everyone is not fair on that culture to say that everyone is like that because it's just a general sweeping generalization but I can see that it was a cultural thing that maybe with his mates and some females around they would have had a laugh yeah. at, at that but not in an international uh, setting. And in our final segment we'll meet Neil who lives in Spain and works for Nile teaching aviation English, where we'll learn how online learning can be absolutely real. But first, the dilemma of adjusting meetings to meet other cultural norms. I think perhaps the biggest one was tutoring on the testing course in Saudi because they weren't allowed to have the videos on. So we had groups of 15, 20 teachers, all lovely people and really keen to learn and the interaction was good, but I found it unusual. I mean, we, I think we've all gone through the challenges of moving to online teaching, training, et cetera, with the advent of the, the COVID pandemic and the various challenges that, that that's brought about. But it was particularly difficult when you can't see the person you've got mm. used to seeing people now in communication mm. in, in most communications it's it's quite rare that we actually have a telephone call where you don't see the person and particularly with teaching where we, we have that face-to-face communication and we've always had it even in the classroom i found that particularly challenging because you you can't see any body language you can't see any expressions you can't see how the people are forming the words and and you really have to you really have to listen but it is a cultural thing they were not allowed to have their mm their videos on yeah and what about the asynchronous part of the courses did anything strike you there for example were they waiting for approval from you or did they jump right in I I think what's interesting is that you know different groups of people have different ideas there are some who are more much more interactive and they tend to be more uh, let's say the Anglophone groups or the Western European groups, the 
Asian groups and perhaps some of the Middle Eastern groups tend to be more, they'll wait for you to prompt them to do things. Mm. And they're, they're a lot more formulaic in how they do their learning. Whereas certainly the, 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 the Western Europeans, it's, you know, you, you, you like, you, you feel you're almost on the same level. It's not like you as the, as the tutor and they are the students. Although there is that to a large degree because they're asking you about, you know, about linguistics, about aviation, about all the different elements, you know, testing, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it is particularly interesting. And sometimes you do have to, you do have to prompt um, people to to be a little bit more proactive I, I think one of the one of the inter- most interesting and quite sad cultural aspects that we came across we had a, a student on one of the aviation english courses from ukraine she was in kiev and during one of the online sessions she said guys i've got to go this is after about 15 minutes we've had an air raid warning and she was actually mm-hmm. in she was she was participating in the zoom meeting from you know the the air raid shelter and so she went and we actually had to stop for about five minutes because two or three of the other participants were visibly upset. Yeah. Just at, at the reality of what that brings in. And I think that's a, a huge part of online learning that you get that reality, mm. you know, wherever you are in the world. And, and, and that's, it's intrinsically linked to culture as well because of what's been happening and, and how people deal with things. So I think that perhaps was the... Oh, the most well, interesting is probably a bit of a bland word, but it mm. certainly it does make you think you yeah, know, as a teacher, yeah. and it makes it realizes how you perceive your students and what they're actually going through, perhaps more than you would in the classroom. Because I think when you're with people a lot, you know, you finish the lesson, you know, they go to another lesson or they go home, and you go to etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But well, I think when you're actually teaching online, because you you you, you don't have that immediate contact, there's a lot more kind of curiosity there from a training point of view you know where are they who are they what are they going through and mm. you know as we said before because we've got a worldwide audience now for that I think your perception is different to the student. Neil's story about his student in Kiev reminds me that this week on several tv stations simultaneously a new series called In Her Car tells the story of a Ukrainian woman who volunteers to drive people in Ukraine during the current conflict. If you have any stories about intercultural challenges with online learning, then let us know on the blog at absolutely-intercultural.com where we'll have links from the organisations mentioned in the show. And if you enjoyed the show, please like us on Facebook too. By the way, did you know we're also on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify? You can subscribe to us there for free and give us a rating and a comment. The next show will be coming to you from Germany with Laurent Borgman on the 5th of April. So until then, stay tuned. Absolutely intercultural. Absolutely intercultural. Absolutely intercultural. Absolutely intercultural.